0: Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. That's right, we're in a special Ephesians series. And uh, we're here today to talk about Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And my special guest is Charlotte Hansen.
1: It's me, surprise.
0: I know we had to kind of do this, because I told Tyler, so once you had Lindsay on the show, then I had to have my wife on the show. That's well, just the way it goes. Yeah. And
1: Plus, I um, like to be a special guest.
0: There you so. go. You are the special guest. Everyone else is just a guest after
1: that point. There
0: we point. go. But uh, we are going to talk about Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And the whole purpose of this series of what we're doing is, uh, for if you have signed up for the reading plan to read along with us, which we've had a record number of people sign up for for the reading plan, here at New Hope. We're excited about that. And uh, quite a few of you are listening, so we're excited about that. So glad you're here with us. But uh, first of all, you will get a should get a notification on your app that basically says, hey, read this passage because this is what we're going to preach on this Sunday. And then after you read it and after you hear the sermon on Sunday, you should get another notification about this podcast. And that's how you got here. I know you already know about that, but uh, that's why we're doing this. We, we think... The great thing about this is you get this a few days after uh, we put it out on Wednesday, uh, the passage to read before the Sunday, and then you get on Sunday this uh, link for the podcast simply because we want to give you a few days to kind of listen. So you got between now and Wednesday, on Sunday to Wednesday, if you will, to kind of listen a little bit more in depth about the text we've just been studying before you get on to the next one. So here we are in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And it's so weird because we're recording this mm-hmm. earlier than I actually preached this sermon. So I got to think, okay, am I going to just, I don't want to repeat a sermon. You know, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. anyway, it's actually, I think this is better this way because then I know what we've talked about. And the sermon can kind of take a little bit of a different route, if you will, but there's some things that just aren't not going to be different. They can't be because the text is it's right out of the text,
1: and it's pretty much a straightforward text.
0: It really is. It's not not a lot of surprises here, uh, but the but a lot of powerful words.
1: A lot of words.
0: So here we go. Charlotte's going to read. Uh, I we're am. reading out of the uh, ESV.
1: No, is, do I have to?
0: You're not reading out of the ESV.
1: Well, no, I have the Holman Christian Standard Bible already pulled up. Oh, is that okay? um so I, I can switch i have the bible app i can do that
0: well the only reason i'm asking because i want to make sure we follow together that's all
1: okay and whatever i
0: don't have the other one that's on my funny. computer <laughs> okay hey you are live in the action here behind the scenes yeah it goes which on. is me going
1: <sighs>
0: <laughs> that's pretty much the story of our life right there yeah me messing right. up and her sign.
1: All right. I'm going to go ahead and start reading now. it says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind, For by his grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them.
0: Okay, thanks. You're welcome. Now we've talked to, I think uh, you probably already covered some of these things as far as the background, you know where Paul's at and right in jail and, mm-hmm. you know, writing to this church of Ephesus people that, uh, that he knew fairly well in the, not everyone. Cause he, cause you kind of get this feeling that he's, when he hears about some of their faith and how they're growing, that it's not just the people that he knew, but, but, the people that they have also brought to Christ since then. And what's interesting is this is, this being in Ephesus, uh, in Asia minor, you know, basically in modern day Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, we find this, you know, uh, I know Tyler talked to in his sermon about how it was like the fourth largest city at the time uh, in, in Rome, uh, the Roman Empire, and it was such a trade route. But it was a lot of pagan worship. You know, like Artemis Temple was there for Diana, who was a goddess. A lot of sexual type of worship and, you know, just a lot of weird things going on there. A giant library was there. We And I don't want to repeat all this stuff. You've probably already heard some of it. But what's interesting to me about all this is that is that there are definitely a lot of uh, Jewish people, uh, you know, by nationality, Jewish Christians, uh, who were mixed with Gentile Christians, mm-hmm. and but as the gospel was spreading throughout the empire, more and more Gentiles are becoming believers, mm-hmm. and so we're finding oh, like a probably a rise in number, if you will, of Gentile believers. And the reason I bring this up is because it's uh, some of the uh, pronouns that are used in two one through ten. You have to take into context when it says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world. Who was you there? If you take into context, when you look at chapter Mm 1, you have to assume you're talking about, he's mainly talking to Gentile believers uh, for the most part. Um, When he talks about saints in chapter 1, he uses the word saints. I think he's referring to Jewish believers. Now, it's the right now. He, at the same time, when you read Paul, he, he always says there's no you know, such thing as Jew or Greek. You know, we're all one in right. Christ. So why would he separate them? You know, uh, but I think what he's saying is that, uh, according to his prayer in chapter one and so forth, that uh, Jesus, you know, is the one who, uh, who basically came out of the uh, promise that God gave the Jews, Mm -hmm. you know, but he was always meant to save everyone. Right. You know, and he's just, he's not saying that there's a difference between Jews and Gentiles Mm -hmm. in the sense of we're all saved through Jesus. Mm -hmm. But what he is saying is that uh, the access, Mm -hmm. you know, that God gave the Jews access first before he gave the rest of the nations, you know, access. Can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead.
1: Okay, um, with that in mind, uh, when it says "and you," referring to that pronoun, were dead in the trespasses and sins. Um, could that be clarified there? Because uh, being non-Jewish, maybe they weren't aware of the trespasses and sins via the law.
0: No, I think that's tr- I think that's. I think that's uh, p- part of it. That's for sure. I'm probably just. It, it, no, I think you're. I think you're right. I think dead. It's just the fact that, you know, obviously he's going to compare this because right. later on right. he says, up here. Yeah. I made us alive together with Christ. Right. That Jesus has raised you from the, from the dead. You were once in your sins. And so in other words, I think sometimes we want to parse this out and make a lot of theology that's not necessarily there, right. in my opinion. When it it's comes more like to, just
1: maybe just making a strong statement. Because yeah. when you just say, well, you were dead, I mean, that's a pretty... Strong statement.
0: Well, there's a lot of comparison contrast stuff here in 1 through 10. Right. He uses the word dead, Mm -hmm. trespasses, Mm -hmm. sin, Mm -hmm. course of the world, which means the evil world, the evil era and age Mm -hmm. that you're in. You're following your evil Mm -hmm. culture. The prince of power of the air, which is the devil Mm -hmm. himself. The Mm -hmm. air is referring specifically to like the spiritual realm. Right, right, right. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a spiritual thing going on with the actual actions and sins of people, the passions of the flesh, desires of the body and mind. But we were ch- by we uh, were by nature, children of wrath.
1: And then verse four, but,
0: but yeah, huge word, mm-hmm. but, and then he starts the comparison contrast. Right. And he, and what he's saying is you were once this way, you know, you, you were so caught up in the passions of the flesh and the desires of the body and mind. And you have to think about this. A lot of the Gentiles he's talking about, they were wrapped into all the the pagan worship.
1: Well, yeah, you and know. there was some pretty sick stuff going on.
0: Yeah, I mean it was crazy. And and someone some commentators actually say that in verse uh, three here, and we're by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Mm-hmm. That that's where he's talking about like with the Jewish and the Gentile differences here. Mm-hmm. But what he's saying is that we were all, the rest of mankind, all of us right. were basically under the wrath of God right. because of the sin. You know, Paul actually states in another context, another book, that we are the uh, enemies of, mm-hmm. of the cross of Christ right? because of our sin, disobedience. Right. But there just seems to be such powerful words here, sons of disobedience passions in our flesh i mean you can just kind of feel and when i was reading through this i thought you know he's repeating himself a lot
1: he is repeating himself Um, a lot in
0: the sense of course of this world prince of the power of the air spirit of the now it's all kind of the same thing but it's very uh poetic right you know it's a lot of rhetoric right Uh, and when i say rhetoric i don't mean that negatively Right. I mean, that he's actually using good words. And the words have a purpose. And if
1: you look at the way everything is set out in 1 through 10 and you line it up, if you were to to like graph it out for lack of a better term, um, everything in verse 1 through 3, or really 4, verses 5 through the rest, they all parallel. Yeah. It's like, um, well, the word is a a chiasm, but I only know that because I listen to a podcast and I feel like I'm really astute <laughs> because I know what a word, a literary, literary term. Yeah, a lot, um, of,
0: a lot of ancient writers would use a, it's a device. Right. Poetic device, right? it's called a chiasm.
1: Right. But it, it's interesting to me because I'd never really caught this before when I was reading it, but re- it really is. It's almost like the polar opposite of from one to the other, and in comparison and contrast, I guess.
0: And a chiasm basically, you know, to put it succinctly, it's kind of like this comparison contrast that kind of builds progressively mm-hmm. and climaxes in the middle mm-hmm. and then comes back down if right. you will. The comparison is on both sides of the middle.
1: So it's like if you look at visually and if you're like me, you have to envision it. It's like a mountain.
0: Mhm.
1: And so each bottom part of the, everything lines up the left side of the mountain ver- to the right side of the mountain with opposite statements almost
0: yeah and the, or and, refuting statements and the only reason we bring this up is not so much to get into the weeds of the no. of uh, ancient literary stuff cuz i'm not sure if we even know it that well but i think that i think the point is is that it is that you can see what paul's doing here mm-hmm. paul was doing this comparison contrast he's using a lot of words in repetition but he's using them in a flowery way to to emphasize. There's a lot of emphasis into where we were before Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 4, but God.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: know, God steps in, being rich in mercy. And I, I, I think I wrote down here what mercy meant in this particular word that's used in, in the Greek just simply because it in interests me. and That is kindness to those who are in serious need.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: God is, is kind to those who are in serious need, which is us. Yeah. And which are the who he's talking to. And because of the great love in which he loved us, even though we were dead in these trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Now, the word alive together, those two words are actually one Greek word. And it's kind of a uh, like a compound word. Mm. You take two words that kind of mean something, you know, put it together. And that, that's why we get alive together. It's like a compound word. Okay. Uh, but it has, it's definitely, that's a great translation for it that, so what does that mean? You know, made us alive together with Christ. It's very specific with Christ, not in Christ, mm-hmm. but with Christ, you know, what does that mean? It's almost like what he's saying is that, that, that God, because of his great love and his grace, and you just being dead, and not being able to do, you know, do anything. He raised us, raised us up. Uh, and with with Jesus, we're alive with him. Mm-hmm. By grace you have been saved. Raise us up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places. If you go back to chapter 1, this reminds me of chapter 1, where he talks about how God had set Jesus up, that he raised him from the dead mm-hmm. through his power, that through His that there's a, in chapter 1, uh, the last of chapter 1, it's a lot about the power of the gospel in, in our life.
1: Right.
0: And the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead and also seated him in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. So you get to find this comparison to this spiritual world in Paul a lot in, Eph- in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we're gonna cl- we're gonna kind of climax almost in chapter six, you know, where we get into the armor of God,
1: which is really cool.
0: Do you not wrestle wrestle against flesh and blood. I feel like in
1: today's day and age, we are so far removed from the spiritual realm. We don't even oh, yeah. really think about it, and which is really sad. And it, then, because in some aspects, you really can't know and understand God unless you understand that. Yeah, and Because you I don't feel I don't like think we, we understand really underst- the smallness of ourselves. Yeah,
0: and we don't think we really understand what we've been saved from. Right. You know? And so by, by grace, you have been saved, which I think is kind of the middle of this chiasm right. you're talking about. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you were saying before? When we were studying this, you told me you thought um, that was the middle of the chiasm.
1: Uh, by grace, you have been saved is the middle of the chiasm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, it, the climax is in this statement, by grace you have been saved. Mm-hmm. You know, what does grace mean? It, it means, you know, you've been given something you don't deserve. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, we're dead. We don't deserve to be alive mm-hmm. because of the sin. You know, but he raised us up, and not only that, but seated us with him in the heavenly places. And it says, so in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith this mm-hmm. is not your own doing now i know i'm repeating what we just read but i think that uh, it's so important for us to realize that these are these are is a huge emphasis for paul what he's doing here uh whose work is it when it comes to our salvation <laughs> it's it's only god's
1: it's only god's work yeah, yeah. yeah through, we can't do a darn thing about it
0: through christ no now some would say i mean, say, other, is that, I mean it,
1: right. uh, i've Side of surrender. I mean, some but that's would not right. Really doing some would
0: anything. say that we don't have a choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. I would say that we do have a choice in the matter because I, I I think that I, I I think it's evident in the Bible and I think it's evident in our lives. We you know we have choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. However, that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that He's done it all mm-hmm. when it comes to salvation. You know, our surrender, if you will, is nothing but that. It's mm-hmm. not a work that we do right uh it's it's just but 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 without faith mm-hmm. you know it says he even mentions faith, doesn't he by grace, you have been saved through faith mm-hmm. and, but not your own doing even even the fact think about this, even the fact you can have faith is god's doing it is yeah <laughs> that's amazing so I
1: really really like the fact that he puts like little like a caveats not really the right word but I can't really think of another words in verse 9 uh, after he says that and this is not your own doing it is the gift of god and here not a result of works so that no one may boast i love that mm. because i just think about um, even today and i know at this at this time when this was written that there was all sorts of probably false gospels going around and false teachings and i know um, and other cities at the same time there were about the things that you had to do and the rules you had to follow. And we see that today. I Mm. mean, there are many denominations that are just steeped in that. And not only that, um, we set up our own rules for ourselves to follow Mm. and which are not, I mean, they may be good, a good rule of thumb or rule of life, whatever, but it's not the gospel.
0: Look at us for being good Christians. Yeah. Yeah. And, the gospel is centered in the idea that, that you've got nothing to do with the, right. really nothing to do with this. And it says, now, for we are his workmanship. Mm-hmm. That, that word workmanship means you're a created object.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You're a created object, created in Christ Jesus. For. For what?
1: For good works.
0: Explain that.
1: Well, We're created specifically to be good, to do good things to be a blessing, to serve, to be helpful, to share the gospel, first and foremost. Because on our own natural inclination, I don't know about anybody else, but my own natural inclination is to come home and watch NCIS and not really think about anybody else for the rest of the (laughs) evening. And that's really not what, you know, (laughs) I don't think God really wants me to do that, but maybe once in a while.
0: (laughs) Well, the we're created for... Good works. Well, yeah. You said there was a differentiation that you, well, you wanted just, to make the there. Well, I just the thing
1: that stuck in my head was we wouldn't. We're not saved by our works, but for works. It was just a statement that stuck in my head that mm. is really simple and it's not exciting. It's just it's there.
0: No, it's really good. We're not saved by works. We're saved for works. And I, I find this phrase interesting, which God prepared beforehand mm-hmm. that we should walk in them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Here's all Here's what I think that means simply, is that God had a plan from the beginning. Mm-hmm. He wanted a family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He wanted a spiritual family. Eden, that's what that's all about. Yeah. You're going to find Eden throughout the Old Testament. You're going to find it again in the New Testament. You're going to mm-hmm. find it again in Revelation because he, that one day, heaven is going to be the restored Eden.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because he's he's never got away from his plan, which is for mankind, all of us, to be in family with him, mm-hmm. to do what he has created us to do. Mm-hmm. Things he already planned ahead ahead of time, mm-hmm. and because of Christ, mm-hmm. we can actually accomplish some of those things now.
1: We can, but only if we have surrendered. Yeah, and we are a new creation. If he's raised us up, because if we if he we have not done those things, then they are just works, and. Anyway, yeah,
0: there are two things that we want to leave you with, and as we kind of start to tie this tie things together here a little bit, just devotionally thinking of today, you know, the, while you're listening to this, what should you be thinking about, and what should you be praying about when it comes to this particular text? Mm-hmm. I think one thing is is this: Paul went to lengths in these ten verses to get it through our head, as to do we understand the seriousness of our salvation? Mm-hmm. Do we understand the seriousness? of even the even in the spiritual realm of what we've been saved from mm-hmm. what we've been saved to
1: they're not just mistakes
0: right and it's all his doing mm-hmm. do we give him praise for that mm-hmm. do we give him all the credit for that
1: mm-hmm.
0: are we are we uh understand do we understand how serious you know salvation is right um do we realize what has happened if we are christians you know, if we if we have Tried to, you know, sought to surrender our life uh, to Him. Did we, do we understand what that's, you know, what's all, all about? The fact mm-hmm. that we can even surrender is only because of Him. You know, the fact that we can even have an opportunity uh, to live life is because of of Him. To live together with Christ, mm-hmm. and the se- and secondly, uh, another thing to be praying about, and thinking about is I think this point you were making earlier which is uh, we have been created for for good works. Mm-hmm. We haven't been saved by them. Mm-hmm. We've been created for them. And so uh, you, and, and I think so many times as Christians we ask this question, what do I have to do to be a Christian? You know, in other words, another way of putting that is, what's the least I need to do? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the wrong line to be looking at. Yeah, We should be asking the question, so what do I get to do? What do I, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I'm made alive in Christ, what does God got for me? What kind of good works are going to come out of my life mm-hmm. because I'm following Jesus mm-hmm. and because of what he's done in me mm-hmm. and what he's prepared ahead of time for us. Now, there's a couple of good things. So any last, any last comment you want to make before we no, pray? I was
1: just thinking that that's sometimes that's really easy for us to lose sight of in America because we live in the land of abundance and Sadly, unless something tragic happens in our lives, we almost act can feel like we don't need God. Whereas if we were in a country that was struggling where our circumstances might be different. We might be more aware of our need for God all the time. But I feel like once you come to Christ and you know him, you realize that was all a sham. That how can you possibly get through a single day without Jesus? It's impossible.
0: That's great. And I think we're going to find as we walk through Ephesians, I think Paul's going to kind of turn a corner in verse 11, actually he does, mm-hmm. right after this text. Mm-hmm. Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh, and then he just starts to go through, like what does it mean if, if we are if we are people uh, who are Christians, if we are mm-hmm. people who have received this kind of grace? What does that mean? What does it look like? And he's talking to a bunch of people who come out of pagan culture. Mm-hmm. It's true today, whether you want to admit it or not, America has a pagan culture.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh gosh! You yeah. know, and
0: so it's amazing to me how many of us who are brand new Christians. You know, if we got brand new Christians listening here, it's it's okay if you don't know everything. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be efficient with church language. In fact, it's better off you're not. Yeah. You know, just be real before God,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he'll 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 uh, help you. He'll oh, yeah. he'll walk with you. He had, he had enough grace and power to get to where you're at, and save you where you're at. Mm-hmm. I think he's got enough grace and power to walk with you the rest of life.
1: Well, he gives us the Counselor. He gives us the Holy Spirit.
0: Exactly. Hey, let me pray for everybody, and uh, thanks for listening. Father God, I just pray that you will totally uh, just just be with our be with our ears in our hearts as we uh, listen to your Word. And Lord, uh, I pray it brings conviction when it needs to. I pray it brings encouragement when it needs to. And Lord, all those things are happening in this text. So I just pray for, uh, first of all, our serious understanding of the salvation that you bring. Father, I also pray that you will just uh, keep us uh, enthused and encouraged and motivated uh, to allow you to work in our life. I, I know that sometimes we can quench the Holy Spirit that we have the ability to work you out of our hearts, have the ability to work you out of our life. Father, I pray that that is not the case with us. I pray that for all the people that are listening, that you might, through the power of the Holy Spirit, give them uh, your words, your conviction, and, uh, Father, that you may just make it uh, so obvious that, uh, that, that you want them, want us to be alive together in Christ with you, and that you have made it so. So we just give you praise and thanks for that. It's in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in, and uh, make sure you, when you get the notification, to read the next passage, which will be two eleven and following. And then we will be back next week with another episode.